So here's how I answer the question. Jay, what do you do? Here's my answer. I teach private lenders how to make a lot of money. I teach and I practice the money comes first. The what comes first? The money comes first. Again, it's this mindset, no chasing, no begging, no selling. It's all about serving. And so I tell them if you're brand new, you've never done a deal, joint venture, leverage your business partner relationship. The real estate world is changing. Opportunity is everywhere. It has never been so easy to connect, share, and bring people together. We're learning from others and finding the very best in ourselves. Challenging our beliefs, overcoming our fears, transforming ourselves so we can transform our business. This is Investor Creator. Jay, welcome to Investor Creator. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. And it's fantastic to be here on with you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Glad to have you. So let's talk about private money. I know you have an immense amount of background in private money, but my first question is about private money in the current market. So we have what tends to be some disarray in the, the capital markets, you know, looking at stock markets, it seems to be up and down. What do you feel is going on in the private money market right now? Excellent question, Brad. And first, before I answer that question, let me clarify, we're not talking about hard money. Big difference between hard money and hard money brokers and institutional money. We're talking private money, the actual sourcing of the money, getting money, doing business with individuals. I call it relationship money, mom and pop money. So since COVID-19, I'm telling you, Brad, I've had more money and I still got more money chasing me, chasing me than ever before. You know, one of the secrets to attracting millions of dollars in private money is to actually be attracting that money when you don't need it, right? And so here in the midst of COVID-19, and, and I've got some pretty reliable guesses as to why it is that I've got all this money chasing me. One of which is people are scared to death now since COVID-19 with the volatility of the stock market. Now, as of today's uh, being here on the show with you, stock market's fantastic. Next week, when somebody hears this show, it may not be fantastic. It's all over the board. And in contrast to that, here in this world of private money, people know how to get and will get a high, safe, and secure rate of return without worrying about any kind of volatility with their investment and principal loan amount. And that's a great point. You know, it's really amazing to me how much money is just sitting on the sidelines, just parked in just really abysmal return accounts, you know, these CDs and, and these money market accounts. It's really terrible. And one thing that you pointed on that I, I really just want to dive into. So you mentioned the difference in private money, hard money, institutional money. Can you take a moment, just kind of explain those three? Of course. So when we talk hard money and, you know, most real estate investors have heard about hard money, heard that 
phrase thrown around. They've heard about private money. But here's the distinctions. Most of the time, hard money, we're talking a broker, someone or a company that actually raises money, that raises private money, and then makes money on money by jacking it up and et cetera. So here are the distinctions. First of all is the interest rate. So right now, and of course, still here in the midst of COVID-19, you got a lot of hard money lenders that are still shut down out of business. However, there are some that have opened back up. So right now, as of yesterday, the national average for hard money lending is 14%. Some are higher, some are lower. That's the average. The average interest rate for private money lenders right now is 7%. So you're talking half the amount of interest from actual private money and doing business with individuals. That's the interest rate. Second big distinction is origination fees or points. So when we're borrowing hard money or from brokers, the average national origination fee or points right now is 4%. In other words, you borrow $100,000, you gotta bring $4,000 in origination fees to the closing table out of your pocket. Contrast that to private money is zero. There's never origination fees, there's never any points. Third distinction is extension fees. So, you know, with hard money, the average term or length of the note is going to be six months, maybe 12 months. The average length of the note in private money is either two years when you're borrowing investment capital, five years when you're borrowing retirement funds with them using self-directed IRAs. So the length of the note is very different. But on extension fees, if you haven't cashed out your deal with a hard money lender in six months or 12 months, if you've been making your payments on time, they'll probably renew your note. Most of them will. But what do they want? More money. So they're going to charge an extension fee. The national average extension fee right now is 2%. So now we're at 14% interest, origination fee 4%. Now you're up to 18%. A 2% extension fee if you're extension, you're now you're already up to 20% of your loan amount going to the hard money lender in the world of private money, there's never any extension fees. They don't even want their money back. So I'm still at 7% private money versus 20% in that example on hard money. Another big distinction is how much money do you get as a real estate investor when you borrow? How much money do you have to bring to the closing table? Well, my lands in the world of hard money, national average right now is 80% advance, which means no matter how good the deal is, if you're borrowing $100,000, you got to bring at least $20,000 to the closing table. They're advancing 80%. Some hard money lenders are not advancing more than 65% of purchase. Well, mercy, in this world of private money, you don't bring any money to the table of your own. You never bring any of your own money. In fact, we always get a check. As, fact, as a matter of fact, Brad, right here, I got a copy of a check, and I love to run copies of my check. So this was just two weeks ago. I got a $59,000 check right there, a $59,000 check when I bought the house. Who wants to get paid $59,000 to buy a house and bring none of your own money to the table? Now, of course, I'm not going to bring home a $59,000 check when I buy unless there is a major rehab. So that's another distinction. In the world of private money, you're going to get all of your rehab money up front if you are rehabbing. Another big distinction is credit. Mercy, your credit's got nothing to do 
with how much money you can get in the world of private money. Your credit does have something to do with how much money or if you can get from a hard money lender. So it's so much easier. Close quickly. Most hard money lenders can't close in less than three weeks. All of my private money lenders, I got 49 of them right now. 49 private lenders right now. I got money burning a hole in my pocket. I put in all of my offers. I can close in seven days, all cash. So I use private money, uh, Brad, not only on uh, ugly houses that need rehab, but I also use them on pretty houses that don't need any rehab when the seller will not sell to me on terms. And I know you're known as the owner finance guy. I mean, you know how to slice and dice and carve up and structure any deal creatively. But when those people will not sell to us creatively, I use private money to buy that deal. And since I got private money, I never miss out on a deal because I didn't have the money. So, you know, some people say on a pretty house, if they won't sell to you on terms, no deal, forget it. That's not my mantra. My mantra is no terms, private money. And I didn't miss out. Amen to that. And I'm sure everybody would love a 59K check at closing. That's a beautiful thing. So, and I know you've been doing a lot of deals for a long time. How did you get involved strictly in the private money side? Well, it was a blessing in disguise. You know, Brad, I didn't just go out and say one day, hey, I want to learn about private money because I hear that's pretty cool. No, it was a huge blessing in disguise. So let's go back to 2003. My wife, Carol Joy, and I started investing in single family houses here in Eastern North Carolina, 2003. The first six years, we relied on local banks and mortgage companies to fund our deals, 2003 to 2009. In January 2009, I got cut off with no notice from the local bank. Two deals under contract, over $100,000 in profit on these two deals. I'm getting ready to see fly out the window. My definition of coincidence, Brad, is God's way of staying anonymous. So here's the deal. In less than two weeks of being cut off from the banks, I was introduced to this world of private money. And so again, private money is not having anything to do with banks or institutions. In less than 90 days, I was able to raise $2,150,000 in funding of private money. So again, if it hadn't have been for the global financial crisis in 2008, 2009, I would not even have been forced to learn anything about private money. Since that time, I've never missed out on a deal because I didn't have the cash to do the deals. And our business, as a matter of fact, tripled within the first 12 months of being cut off from the banks. So private money has been uh, just the hugest blessing of anything in real estate investing since we started. And that makes a lot of sense. I really think my lucky star is that I started when I did. And, you know, guys, I started investing in 2010, but before that I'd sold real estate. And I worked for a builder developer. I ran a model home through college. So 2006 through 2010, I was just a traditional real estate agent. And the reason, like I have $0 in bank financing in the business and we run some private money as well. And the reason for that is I saw this builder developer work for probably two decades to amass what he had amassed which was a high equity position in a development project. And so whenever the auditors came in from the Fed and went to these local banks and said, oh, well, you're overweight in real estate, the builder developer that I worked for, he was really anti-debt. And so every time that he had cash come in, he'd pay down the debt, pay down the debt, pay down the debt. And so he had probably, I would say, one of the lowest loan to values in commercial paper at that bank. 
And so you think about it, you know, the banker has to step back and say, okay, well, whose loan are we going to call? Are you going to call the highest loan to value? Or are you going to call the lowest? Well, you're going to call the lowest because there's less of a chance of your bank being hurt. And so that's exactly what happened. And so those kinds of lessons were just paramount in me creating what we've created. And it, it sounds like it was really a blessing to you in disguise as well. Absolutely. So let's talk about this. I've always been kind of a little bit confused because I, I frankly, I haven't gone out and raised a lot of private money in terms of like a bunch of individuals. Like I have some people that I've worked with for a long time, but I have probably three lenders in my business. And so I've always not really understood which comes first. So are we going to get the deal and then go to the private lender or are you building that relationship over time and saying, well, when I have a deal, I'll come to you. I mean, which do you think is best? I am so glad you asked that question, Brad, because over the years I've heard real estate investors say, oh, I got a deal. Now I got to pitch the deal Uh or I got to sell the deal or I got to put, you know, this package together and sell this package and find a private lender. I'm sorry, but that's stupid. And here's why that's stupid. I teach and I practice the money comes first. The what comes first? The money comes first. So let me explain what I mean. Raise and attract the money first. As a matter of fact, since 2009 raising private money, did you know, Brad, I've yet to ask anybody for money? I have not asked anybody for money. So Jay, how do you get all that money? I mean, right now I got over $8 million in private money that I just churn from house to house to house, flip, flip. I sell a bunch on rent to own. You sell you sell most of yours on owner financing. I got the same kind of buyers there. So how do I have all this money? I got all this money because I put on my teacher hat and my education hat, my educator hat. People never heard of private money. They never heard of self-directed IRAs. So I educate them on what it is. And once they get educated, if they have investment capital or retirement funds, I'm telling you they're in without me even asking, particularly when they hear my program. You see, here's the first big distinction between borrowing private money and borrowing money from banks. When you borrow money from private lenders, they are not setting the rules. You see, when I borrowed money from the banks, who made the rules? The banks made the rules. In this deal, I make the rules. I set the interest rate. I set the length of the note. I set the frequency of payments. I determine all that stuff. And so it's a 180 degree dichotomy and mindset here. So you see, when I say I've never asked for money and I put on my education hat, for example, when I'm meeting somebody for the first time I've never met before, or let's say, Brad, somebody meets you for the first time and you're all in a social setting. What's one of the first questions they ask you and they've never met you before? What do they ask you? They always ask me how I landed such a beautiful life. <laughs> well, of course, that's what they ask me too. But what's the second question? <laughs> what do you do for a living? What do you do, right? They ask you, what do you do? Well, you know, most people answer that question in a very boring way. You know, the old way of answering that question, somebody says, Jay, what do you do? I'm a real estate investor. Well, in their mind, they're going, that's nice. Who cares? Let's move on. Nothing in it for me. Or I'm a plumber. I'm an electrician. I'm an accountant. I'm an attorney. I'm a blah, 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 blah. And who cares? Wouldn't it be great to answer that question in a way that would arouse curiosity and perhaps lead to getting you some private money? So here's how I answer the question. Jay, what do you do? Here's my answer. I teach 
private lenders how to make a lot of money. Now they have no idea what I just said. They said, Jay, what do you do? I said, I teach private lenders how to make a lot of money. Now, they don't know what I said, but they did hear make a lot of money. And they heard I'm a teacher. Mm -hmm. So this private money, they have no idea what I just said. So I shut up, which is hard for me to do. I shut up. And you'll get all kinds of looks like, what'd you say? And so it opens up that opportunity to have this discussion about even what private money is. So what was your question, Brad? Because I derailed on how to talk to people about private money. What was that last question? Because I didn't yeah, so which comes first, chicken or the egg? Is it Thank the you. deal or the, the relationship? Yeah, so I practice and teach the money comes first. Here's what I mean by that. And that's why I talked about teaching. I want to attract people to the program my private money program. I want to educate them on what that looks like. What's private lending? What's a self-directed IRA? Because you see over half of my private lenders loan me money from their retirement accounts. Mm -hmm. And until I educate them about self-directed IRAs, they don't even know they can transfer their existing retirement accounts to a self-directed IRA and now loan to me penalty-free, tax-free, or at least tax-deferred, and earn an unlimited amount of money per year. I got one private lender made $65,000 last year in their retirement account from my company tax-free. He wouldn't have done that until I educated him. So which comes first, the money or the deal? So the money does. So we're going to educate them. They're going to like the program. And they're going to say, Jay, I love the program. And then I'm going to say, great, I'll go find us a deal and I'll put your money to work just as soon as possible. So now they're in with the program. They love it. They don't sign any papers. They tell me how much money they got to work with. Is it investment capital? Is it retirement funds? Do myself and my team need to assist them on moving their funds over to the self-directed IRA account? Just had my lands $163,000 just last week, new private lender that moved their funds to a retirement account. So now they're in with the program. Now I go find a deal. So now I come back to them. I call them up over the phone and listen, folks, I don't call them up and ask them, do you want to do the deal? That's stupid. Of course they want to do the deal. They want to do the deal because they love the program. They want to invest their money. So I call them up and I tell them four things. How many things do I tell them? Four. I call them up. I got great news, Brad, my new private lender. I got great, great news. Number one, I got a deal for us to do uh, over in Newport, adjacent here to Moorhead City. I don't give them the address. They could care less. They don't want another street number. So over there in Newport, same thing I tell them, the after repaired value is $200,000. The closing is a week from this coming Friday. And the funds needed uh, that I need you to wire to the closing agent is $150,000 a week from Friday. Congratulations. That's it. They don't want to know what the repairs are. They don't want to know when you're going to start. They don't care how long it's going to take. They told you, go get a deal. I'm ready to go, right? They could even care less about the appraisal. They don't care anything about a BPO. They want to put their money to work. And look, after the first deal, I don't even tell them those four things. They don't care. 
Next thing I tell them on the next deal is, hey, I got great news. Got a deal over in Newport and the, the funding requires 150,000 a week from this coming Friday. Boom, done, yeah. right? Yeah. That's it. So there's no selling, there's no chasing, there's no begging. It's educating and directing and congratulating and keeping them informed. Of course, my favorite, my private lenders love to be informed by getting checks. That's, they love that kind of information, right? But um, again, it's this mindset, no chasing, no begging, no selling. It's all about serving. I love that. And that's really important. You know, if we can serve people in the right way, then we're always going to get what we need. And that makes a lot of sense. Let me ask you about this. I think confidence is a big thing. And, you know, the, the private lender has to have confidence in what we're doing. And I mean, you have a track record. I have a track record. I think it's easier for us to go out and say, well, look at these hundreds of deals that we've done. And these are the profits and that kind of thing. And for the person that's out there, it's like, well, they're wanting to get started and that they want to raise private money. And maybe they've, they haven't done a deal yet, or maybe they've done less than 10. I mean, how does that person that's newer really instill confidence for that private lender? Sure. So there's two ways. Number one, do it my way. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> so but when I say fake it till you make it, you need to know your program inside and out. I mean, in my program, my private lenders can get their money back within 90 days, anytime with a 90-day notice if they have some kind of emergency come up. You need to know how to do that and how to, deli and how to deliver on that, right? They know, uh, I let them, actually, I let them choose how often they want payments. So I know my program inside and out, right? So my talk off, my conversation about how the private money program works. So your key word right there is confidence. Until you are able to have a conversation confidently about how the private money program works, this ain't going to happen, right? Yeah. Because you're back to being a teacher and being an educator. Now, let's say you've never done a deal before and this is new. So number one, know your program, be confident on being able to explain it and how it works. And then you go ahead and tell them up front. I mean, get the elephant out of the room, right? Just get the white elephant out of the room. You're talking to your potential private lender. You say, and look, I'm sure you may be asking yourself, well, what happens if me, Jay Connor, real estate investor, borrower, lose my mind and move to the Caribbean, and here you are stuck, and I ain't making you any more payments. What are you going to do? It's real simple. If I don't pay you, the house does. One well, does that mean? I'm not borrowing any unsecured money. I'm collateralizing this note with real estate, with this property. I'm not going to borrow more than 75% of the after repaired value, which is going to give you a 25% equity cushion. What in the world does all that mumbo jumbo mean? What that means in dollars and cents is, let's say we do a deal, we do a property with an after repaired value of $200,000. I'm not going to borrow from you, Mr. Private Lender, more than $150,000. That's going to give you a $50,000 equity position in this deal. And if I move to the Caribbean and lose my mind and I don't even know who I am, you just got a $200,000 house with a $50,000 profit, which will pay you more than the interest that I'm going to pay you. So yeah. that's one explanation. Okay. If you don't have the level of confidence to explain that, the other option, when you're brand new, you've never done a deal, jump 
venture and leverage somebody that has, and you bring the private money to the table. So I've got, you know, I've got hundreds of students and clients across the nation that learn about private money from me and how I do the business. And so I tell them, if you're brand new, you've never done a deal, joint venture, leverage your business partner relationship. So when you're out explaining how private money works, you can truthfully say, me and my business partner have rehabbed over 400 houses. In fact, let me get my business partner on the phone and introduce you. So let's say you're not doing business with, you're, let's say you're not a business partner with Jay Connor. Let's say you're not a business partner with Brad Smotherman. Well, you should be, but let's say you're not. So you can be right there involved with your local RIA, right? Uh, when RIAs meet again in person, most are on Zoom right now. Right. You're there in your RIA and look, Tell your local RIA members, I now have funding for deals available. You have become the most popular person in the RIA. Joint venture with a seasoned real estate investor that's done a bunch of deals. And you say, let's say it's Brad. And let's say I'm new and I know how to do private money. I say, Brad, I know how to raise the private money. I got the program. I want a joint venture with you. I'll bring the money to the table how can we work together? If I bring the money to the table and, you know, we work together on a deal, what does that look like? Y'all put your joint venture deal together. Now you go raise private money and Brad's your joint venture partner. So if you don't have the experience, you can join the hips with somebody else, or you can do it the first way I just explained with confidence, letting the private lender know if you don't pay them, the house does and they make more money. That makes a lot of sense. And guys, the, the fundamental aspect here is keeping our people safe. So keeping our lenders in a safe position where, you know, God forbid, I mean, because things could happen. We could get hit by a train, God forbid, we have a heart attack, whatever that looks like. I mean, I think my wife would be quite happy, financially speaking, if that happened because of the life insurance. But you know what I'm saying? Like, we want to make sure that we put people in a safe, safe position. Question for you. So I know that a lot of, well, all of my my financial backers, my private money, they don't want the loan to be paid off. And I'm sure that you run into a lot of people like that too. And it's a pretty amazing thing. I had a, uh, a call with a guy one time. He, he called me on a Sunday. I wouldn't say he was frantic, but he was a little bit upset because he had 2 million come in he wasn't expecting. And he was like, Brad, can you take this 2 million? And I'm like, no, not right now. Like I can take like 350 of it maybe, but I really appreciated the call. But I just thought it was really amazing. So for people that don't understand, like there are people out there that their biggest problem is where to put the money. You know, and we can serve them in that way because we can help them put the money in at a safe position, number one, but at a decent rate of return to help them grow their money. So, and it helps us too. It helps the sellers that were getting out of foreclosure and out of divorces and bad situations. But all that to say, for the people that don't want the money back, do you recommend doing a substitution of collateral or do you just have the money go back into escrow? And if you do it that way, do you continue to pay interest payments while the money's sitting in escrow or how does that work? Excellent question. So yes and no. <laughs> so, we'll just leave yes. it at that, guys. <laughs> so yes, I do a lot of substitutions of collateral. And let me explain what that means. You see, I got a lot of private lenders that will have like $30,000 with me on a deal. I can't buy a house for $30,000. I bought one house since 2003 in my area for less than $30,000. Right. So, but I can use $30,000 for rehab and I rehab most of my houses. So 
uh, when I'm getting ready to pay off a house, I may have, in a lot of cases, a junior lien position private money loan for $30,000. Well, I'm doing so many deals, it's easy for me to leave that note in play, substitute the collateral, meaning that note of 30,000 stays open. I keep using the money, paying interest on it, but I just change the collateral. I change the house that Mm -hmm. is backing that note. So I do a lot of substitutions of collateral for smaller amounts. Okay. But on the larger amounts, 100,000, 150, 200,000, those always get paid off when I sell the house. The money goes back to the private lender. They don't want it back every time, but they know how the deal works. It goes back to them. And then just as soon as possible, we reuse that money to purchase another house. I don't have the money go in escrow. I could have an escrow agreement drawn up between myself, my attorney, and the private lender to where everybody agrees for when I'm not using the money, it's sitting in the attorney's escrow account, and I'm continuing to pay interest on it. But quite frankly, a month may go by before I can use that money. I don't want to pay interest on money that I'm not using. I only pay interest on money that I'm using. Does that answer the question good, Brad? Yeah, and that, that makes a lot of sense. What do you feel the biggest mistake is that people make when they're trying to raise private money? They beg, they sound desperate, yeah. they chase, they, in their tone of voice, they say, will you please fund my deal, please, please? If you don't fund my deal, I'm not going to get this deal. Hey, look, there's always going to be deals, right? I say raise the private money when you don't need the money. Focus on getting the money raised. I mean, here's the deal. In most cases, at the end of the day, most sellers are going to require all the money, right? They're going to require. And look, Brad's like one of the best negotiators on the planet when it comes to creative financing and funding. But how about all those other people that I got to have the money? So the beautiful thing about private money is when you got it there ready to go, do your creative financing. Buy subject to, just like I do on many, 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 many deals. Buy with owner financing. But if you're going to rehab, of course, Brad, he don't rehab no houses on that owner financing stuff. I wouldn't either. So if you're going to do any rehab, and my average profit is $67,000 on a $225,000 R after repaired house. So if you want some big profits of over $60,000, if you don't want to miss out on any deals, don't chase, don't beg, become a teacher, attract the money, have it on the shelf, and don't miss out on any opportunities. I don't think we could end it on a better note than that. Jay, appreciate it very much. For those that are interested in your course or mentorship, anything, that how, how can they reach out to you? Sure. Well, I've got a free gift for your subscribers, Brad. And that is, I just got a recent book that was released. It's called Private Money and You. Private Money and You. The first half of the book teaches you all about private money, my private lending program, et cetera, how it works. The second half of the book is all about mindset. You know, we were just talking about confidence. You can know the program, you have the knowledge, but unless you've got the confidence, To attract the money, it's not going to happen. So the second half of this book, Private Money and You, is all about personal development and confidence on attracting that money. And so, folks, you can get your copy absolutely free at www.jayconner.com forward slash the numeral three 
dash gifts, G-I-F-T-S. And the reason I have three gifts is not only at that uh, URL for Brad's followers, you'll get the free book. Uh, you can download it digitally or I'll mail you a hard copy in the mail and autograph it. But I've also got some additional training that URL that you'll find very, very valuable. So Brad, I'm, able, I'm excited and happy to offer that free book to your folks. And guys, if you're interested in that, be sure and check it out in the show notes and definitely take Jay up on that offer. It's one of the best in the business when it comes to creating private money. Jay, appreciate you being with us. Thank you so much, Brad.